We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Hey everyone, welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, the Friday DFS version. We are actually in November, crazy enough. It seems like this football season is absolutely flying by. We are in week nine now. I am Scott Jensen, joined today as usual by Andrew Laird. We are sponsored by Yahoo Fantasy Sports. We thank them for that sponsorship. Also, if you could please rate and review the podcast, that'd be fantastic if you enjoy listening to us every week uh, or the other football podcast during the week. And if you could leave some uh, a bunch of stars, a nice review, that does go a long way towards helping the podcast, long way towards helping people find the podcast, which is uh, obviously uh, very important also. Uh, Andrew, the 49ers are 8-0. It's, uh, it's helping me a little bit deal with Steph Curry's broken hand. Oh, that was so killer. And you were very... Nervous last night that you were going to lose Steph Curry and George Kittle, but I was. That, yeah, Kittle got hurt in like the first play of the game. Yeah. I was like, "What did I do wrong this week that someone's cursing me?" Yeah, thankfully Eric Pascal's there to just clean everything up for the Warriors. <laughs> hey, when you, I think he was like seven for seven, and I, I thought about you. It was great. Yeah, twenty points, man, in his first start. I mean, uh, I I've been pumping uh, Eric Pascal to you for a few months now, so it's it's nice to see him uh, actually get some playing time because. You know, with rookies, you never know. And when you go to a team like the Warriors, that's like usually not a recipe for a lot of playing time. But it was kind of the perfect storm for him. And hopefully they can stay afloat. Yeah, the playing time is uh, not going to be a problem anymore. <laughs> uh, hopefully, but, uh, hopefully you'll look at him and be like, man, this guy would have the playing time even if everybody was healthy. So, 
I, I certainly hope so. Before everybody kills us for talking about basketball, oh, we yes, will flip so. to uh, week nine in the NFL. Uh, interesting from a DFS angle, the, the slate is about as short as it gets. We've got uh, we have four teams on by. We have the Falcons, Bengals, Rams, and Saints on by. Then we have four standalone games because there's a one of the early morning London games. The uh, the Jags and Texans are playing in London. Uh, the 49ers and Cardinals we mentioned uh, played last night. 49ers won that game eight zero. Uh, Patriots at the Ravens, uh, interesting, really good game on Sunday night, oh, and the yeah. Giants, uh, Giants and Cowboys on uh, on Monday night. So we only have ten games on the slate, and some people uh, don't like that. I tend to like those slates. I think it's one of those things we really have to dig in. There's no, there's less easy plays, there's less obvious plays, there's less games to pick from, but uh, still a lot of intrigue on the slate. I think you know we've got uh, we have some really high to- a couple of really high tolls. We have the the Lions, the Raiders is a uh, over under a fifty and a half. Uh, Raiders minus two. Uh, you know the Lions average the most combined sla- snaps of any team in the league. You take uh, you take the the two teams combined, how many snaps are up per game? The Lions are actually number one. I was surprised by that. Huh, that is pretty surprising. I would assume it would be the Cardinals just trying to Me hurry too. everybody up, but yeah, I guess not. And then uh, we've got uh, we have the Buccaneers at Seattle. Seattle fair by four and a half over under fifty one and a half. Uh, those are the two games over fifty. Either of those games uh, you love as a, as a big stack game as we go forward. Uh, I I definitely like both of them actually. Um, that. That Bucks Seahawks game, I think, was six a little earlier, so that's that's tightening tightening a little bit. But both of them have. I'm, I'm really not sure why, though. I, I think that's what I, I was I thinking. Like Seattle, in that game too. I, I guess they figure Seattle's defense is not quite the same, and Tampa could score a little bit. Uh, I mean, that's really the only explanation I can I can think of. Uh, but it, but still, I mean, I, I don't know if there's that much of a difference between them uh, in between six and four and a half that it would be moving that much that that six was like I didn't think six was all that high. Um, but yeah, they maybe, both uh, have... maybe Vegas, Vegas love Jameis Winston just as much as you do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, no, I think both of those games are, are really fun to stack. And it's unfortunate that like we have this shorter slate because it's, they, they are the obvious ones, but just the way the prices are broken down on the sites that it, it's kind of easy to get the guys, at least that you want. Um, cause we have some values elsewhere. I look forward to hearing about your values for sure. Yeah. I didn't. Uh, I had some, but uh, I don't know if they, they may jump down. It, it depends. Some depends on injury too, yes. as, as we'll get to in a bit. Uh, the the other two games that are they're kind of higher than others. We have the Packers at the Chargers. Green Bay favored by three and a half over under a forty eight and a half. I actually kind of like that game as a sneaky snack mm-hmm. game. I stack a game, not a snack game. Uh, I think if the Chargers can somehow find a way to score some points, that could that could get in a back and forth game pretty uh, pretty easily. And then the the one that's kind of up in the air is the Vikings at the Chiefs. Uh, right now, Kansas City is favored by two, but it's off the board in most places because we're waiting to hear on Patrick Mahomes. Uh, it kind of seems like the the needle's uh, moving a little bit towards him playing right now. The over-under there is 48. I assume that will jump a little bit, as will the line if he plays. But uh, how do you like that game if Mahomes plays? Seems like a, it seems like a fun game if, if he does play. I'm... <clears throat> I'm like 95% convinced he's not playing. And this is okay. all like just having um, having the Vikings have to prepare for Mahomes to play. Uh, just And then he won't. But uh, that's, I don't know. It seems like it was a very, what looked like a very serious injury then turned out to be not quite serious, but he's obviously missed a few games. Um, and I don't know. I, I will probably stay away just because I tend to be a little safer in terms of injuries like that. So. You mean uh, planning from Mahomes is different than planning from Matt Moore? Slightly, slightly different, slightly. Different. Yeah, they, I, 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 I definitely thought that last week when they were talking about it, I was like there was no way to play. I, I've moved a little bit towards it this week, but I mean they still have a 
what do they have? They have a game and a half lead in the West. Uh, you know, no other team in the AFC West is over 500. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, I don't think they could beat Minnesota without Mahomes. So there, there is that. But I just, I think if they were like three and five, maybe push them a little bit. But five and three with nobody else in the division over 500, I think I'd wait another week on someone who's that important to your success. Yeah. The the benefit we do have is that it seems like the rest of the Chiefs are priced as if he's not going to play. And so if he does play, um, it feels like all of the receivers become values because they, they should be much higher if, if with a fully um, healthy Mahomes. Yeah, and obviously you throw you throw Travis Kelsey in there too. I yep. think that uh, I think there will be a lot of chief stacks uh, that, that that pop up if we find out on, on Sunday morning that Mahomes is playing. Right, one of those popular sneaky stacks that everybody thinks they're uh, so sharp uh, yeah. on. Yeah, that you hear about seven thousand times on Twitter is everybody's uh, everybody's new idea of what to do this week. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. I love those. Those always crack me up. Uh, on the low total, we have a couple of games that look pretty gross in terms of uh, scoring. We have two games that are under 40. Uh, we have the Redskins at the Bills, which sounds uh, every bit as gross as it probably is. Mm-hmm. Buffalo by, fared by 9.5 in that game. So obviously the, the, the implied total on the Redskins is especially low, over under 37. Uh, Washington has run 41 plays in back-to-back games. They're the first team to run 41 or fewer plays in back-to-back games since the AFL and NFL merged in 1970. Oh. <laughs> I did see that stat. I saw the forty-one back to back. I didn't realize bonkers like it that. that. It's a, I, I, and one of them was the monsoon game with the 49ers, yeah. and I get that the 49ers defense. But back to back games, forty or fewer plays. I mean, that's just just about impossible to get fancy stats when that happens. It uh, yeah, that's it, it. Makes one of those games where you're like, maybe the Jets aren't so bad. Oh, you ha- you still have those games, huh? Yeah. Every <laughs> every week is one of those games. Well, uh, this week is uh, one of those games where maybe the Jets won't be so bad. They're favored this game, this game on the road. I think they lose this game. No, they don't. Really? I think they do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. With Ryan Fitzpatrick playing for Miami, they're definitely you know a little more dangerous. Uh, they were up fourteen nothing on the Steelers last week. I actually had Pittsburgh in my survivor pool, and I was I was working and I wasn't able to watch the game. And I looked up and it was fourteen nothing. I was like, I can't believe I'm losing to Miami. <laughs> and I looked up and Pittsburgh ran off twenty seven straight to end the game. But uh, I don't know. Ryan uh, Fitzpatrick revenge game. Oh God! You would think Adam Gase like knows a little bit about the guys that he left, but um, by the have... way, I think I think Adam Gase is horrible. I completely Sorry. agree with you. Um, I f- I have felt this way the entire time though. Like I, when they were talking about hiring him, the only uh, positive about hiring Gase was that they didn't hire Mike McCarthy. Like that was it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And it it just seemed like a weird, like I don't know what. People look at his resume and are like, yeah, he should be a head coach in the NFL. And so um, there were just, I don't know. I, I, it feels like the the success he had as a quarterback coach in Denver with Peyton Manning is what has been the foundation of his head coaching possibility, which is insane. Like, because, this guy didn't, because like, Pey- Peyton Manning's probably calling all those plays anyway. This guy didn't like groom Peyton Manning. Like, give me a break. <laughs> like, like, what are we doing here? And so uh, all of the um, all of the reasons to be hesitant on Gase have come true. Um, they, the Jets have before him had like a long line of like defensive coaches, which um, were, you know, works early and then eventually guys get tired, tired with it. And right. so the Jets were like, no, let's hire an offensive guy. And they, I feel like they hired the worst one they could, other than McCarthy. 
There are there are only uh, there are only two teams in the NFL who haven't scored 80 points this year. There's only two teams in the NFL who have a minus 100 or more point differential, and they are both the Jets and Dolphins playing each other this weekend. Yeah, I mean the Jets also lead the league in quarterbacks with mono, and so I want to like <laughs> give some um, something to that. Uh, I don't know. I just this this is a classic. Uh, I don't even want to call it a letdown game for the Jets, but like this is a classic kind of game that they would lose. That um, being a three-point favorite on the road is kind of insane for a team. Like that's more about how bad the Dolphins are, but like there are probably not many other teams that would be slow, like smaller favorites than the Jets at Miami. Miami fans must have loved Kenyon Drake looking electric oh last night against one of the one of the best defenses in the NFL. Kenyon Drake looked awesome last yeah, night did. with the Cardinals. He did. Yeah. yeah. It, Making great cuts and looking fast, and it was—you just wonder how how he couldn't even get on the field. It, it makes no sense. Yeah, you know who had Kenyon Drake and never used him? I'm going to go with Adam Gaze for 200. There you go. Yeah, I think that uh, I think it's uh, you got to hope maybe if, on you. maybe if the Jets struggle enough, they can get rid of him quick. But I just I don't see him winning there. I just I, I, I'm not a fan at all. You can stack this game. I, I kind of don't hate it. I posted in our Discord that everybody should just uh, unregister from the Millie Maker because of this Jets Dolphins lineup that I made. Uh, yeah, I like some plays in there. I don't. I don't know if I'm going to stack it, but I do like some plays in there for sure, especially in the wide receivers, as we'll get to. Uh, other other game that uh, is under 40 points. We have the Browns at the Broncos. The Broncos are starting someone named Brandon Allen at quarterback. It appears. <laughs> uh, How many Allens are there in this league? There now are three Allens out of 32 quarterbacks That's starting. Crazy. There's Josh, Kyle, and Brandon. It's it's kind of it's kind of wild, uh, and it makes it really confusing for me when I'm talking about players. But mm-hmm. uh, besides that. Uh, Denver games are averaging 34.5 total points per game. That, uh, that's crazy low. And they just got rid of their second-best receiver. Uh, yeah, that they, they did. Emmanuel Sanders is not there anymore. Uh, Cleveland fared by four over on a 39. I think Cleveland, uh, I think Cleveland this is going to be a get-well spot for them. I think they roll pretty good in this game. I, that is a sentiment I have seen um, in other places. Mostly, I actually saw one where it's not good enough if the Browns win. They have to win and look good doing it. <laughs> well, there is that. They are they are two and five, but uh, they better get hot pretty soon if it's going to matter. Yeah, I mean this. Yeah, exactly. That's exact. That's the read right there. Like they, this is the game they need to start winning. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's kind of the overall slate. We have a lot of games in the middle, but you know, with ten games on the slate, one of those games we're going to find some a couple of games that are going to you know bounce a little bit. I like Packers and Chargers for me that game. That I think that bounces in the fifties, uh, but hopefully we can find some other games in the middle who that, that do the same. Do you have anybody uh, before we get into positions? Any games that you uh, kind of in that middle range? You think they're going to bounce more than others? Uh, no, I think the the one you said was right. I, I just don't see like Colts Steelers and Bears Eagles like really going off just because. Um, the the Bears offense is just so inept at this point. Even if the the Eagles defense is pretty bad, and then it's just tough to like get really excited about Colts Steelers given the uh, the guys on the field. So I'll probably avoid those games at least for the players I'm paying up for. It's funny we we mentioned Adam Gaze. You mentioned the Bears. I think Matt Nagy might be uh, might be sneaky really bad too. Yeah, that's a good good observation. And and really grumpy all the time too. Really really grumpy. Um, yeah, he's just one of those grumpy. coaches who. Makes condescending, like yeah. yes, yeah, like he hasn't earned the condescension yet, which is uh, yeah, like if you win six Super Bowls, Bill Belichick, you can probably be as condescending as you want, but yeah. Matt Nagy, you haven't, you have not earned that right yet. Yeah, that one was that last week or two weeks ago with the kneel down instead of running the ball, yeah. and just like it's one of those people that like they make a decision and like that's it, 
and there's yeah. no zero zero percent chance of thought of doing anything else. I'm like, right. well, that's not that's not a good way to look look at anything in life. Anything, right? right. Yeah, yeah. Let alone football. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so before we jump into uh, players and positions, uh, a note from our sponsor, Yahoo. The NFL season is in full swing at Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports. There's a million reasons to enter the free Yahoo Cup on Daily Fantasy, and they're all dollars. That's right. Yahoo Cup is free to enter, and the perfect lineup will win you $1 million every week of the football season. It is easy entering the contest and picking your players. If you're over 18 and a United States citizen, there's no reason why you shouldn't take your shot. Yahoo Daily Fantasy Football has new contests every week with guaranteed cash prizes. Even if you don't score the perfect lineup, you can still walk away with the game with a little bit of cash. Choose Yahoo Daily Fantasy today. Get started now at yahoo.com slash daily fantasy. So I think running back, uh, you know, makes a lot of sense to talk about the first two guys. There's a very clear top tier at the running backs this week. We have Christian McCaffrey. Uh, we have our first guy who hit 10,000 on DraftKings. He's 9,700 on FanDuel. And then we have Dalvin Cook at Kansas City, the game we mentioned earlier. Uh, 9,500 on DraftKings, 9,000 on FanDuel. How are you feeling about the elite top tier this week? Um... I mean, it seems when I was going through like all the positions, it was a week where it felt the opposite of last week, where last week we were like, there's so many plays, you could go this way, blah, blah. And there were really not that many guys I want to play this week. Um, like when you go in uh, and you're, you know, filling out a dummy lineup and you're like, all right, well, let me get the guys in that I want. Right. And like, I don't even look at price or matchup with McCaffrey anymore. I just like put them in and be like, what can I do with McCaffrey? And then I'm like, oh, Dalvin Cook. All right, let me put both of them in and like see what happens. And I'm like, all right, who else do I want to play? And I pretty much like went through the entire player pool and <laughs> didn't add anybody else. And I was like, all right, well, um, I, I don't think this is necessarily a week where you play both of them. I think you could, you can though. Um, I was going to say, how, how did, did it work at all playing both of them? So the, do you have to go? You have to go like Derek Carr to get him in. Um, we'll get to Derek Carr in a little bit. Um, I figured we would. Yeah, uh, you don't have to play Derek Carr, but he sure is helpful. Uh, okay. So I think it's one of those weeks where there aren't cheaper guys who like jump out. There's one. There's one, uh, and we'll yeah. and he might not even it might not even work out. So uh, when you look at the you know we have this slower this um, smaller slate. Obviously, the player pool is smaller. So, like, that's part of the reason why we don't have, like, the so many guys that we want to play. But it just felt like everyone that we have been going to um, has some issues. Like, Chris Carson's playing against this Bucks de- defense that's been, like, awesome against the, the run. Yep. And then um, we've got some injuries that, like, could open some things up. But, like, if Josh Jacobs doesn't play, like, he has a decent matchup. But I don't know if I want to keep going down from there. Aaron Jones could open up. Jamal Williams, but it's like, I guess I could play that. And you just keep going down. And um, it's very clear that from a raw point perspective, like nobody holds a candle to McCaffrey and Cook. And so I don't know if I end up going there, but if somebody, if I see some cash lineups with McCaffrey and Cook in it and a bunch of garbage elsewhere, uh, I'm not going to fault anybody because the non-garbage guys really aren't that great either. Yeah, that's a good point. I think um, I think I'm going to start a lot of laps with Dalvin Cook this week. I think I like him a little more than McCaffrey. Uh, Five hundred dollars less, and then facing this Chiefs D. I mean, Cook leads the NFL in runs of five yards or more, and the Chiefs D is allowing the most uh, percentage of runs of uh, five or more yards at forty four point three percent of the carries allowed to go for five or more yards on them, which is a crazy number. Wow. Um, he's done really well in every good matchup. He had a couple of down games, but they were kind of like obvious matchups when you look at it. But 98 plus yards in six of eight games, four touchdowns last three weeks. Aaron Jones 
absolutely killed this Chiefs defense last week. Granted, a lot of that was in the in the past game, but still, they are primed to be lit up. And I, I think the key with Cook is that it's a nice game script for me, even if Mahomes plays. Like if Mahomes plays, it turns to a shootout. Dalvin Cook's gonna be involved in that. If Mahomes doesn't play and the Vikings get up, then you got to you know him running the ball in the second half is a good thing too. So I think he's kind of a. I don't think the game script really worries me. I mean, it, maybe if they get way behind the Chiefs, but I don't think that's gonna happen. Um, I love Dalvin Cook this week. You know, obviously he's priced as if everybody loves him, and you know, that's not saying a ton. But if I had to pick between the two, I'm going. I'm going Cook over McCaffrey this week. Wow. McCaffrey against the 49ers didn't show you that he's just like the best player in the NFL. Dude is awesome. Went to Stanford. I love him. Yeah. But if I have to make a decision, I you know I don't want to say oh I just love both and go with that. I, I'm going Cook over McCaffrey this week. I don't think that McCaffrey's a bad play. Um, you know, Tennessee's only, uh, only, only has not allowed any running back to go over 85 yards yeah. this year. And the, the 82 was a fluky. Uh, Jordan Wilkins had like one big plays, five for 82. Uh, but McCaffrey's only had one bad game all year. Even though he had a low, low yardage game against Tampa Bay, but he scored twice. He was 14 of 117 against the Niners D. I mean, the dude is awesome. But if I, if I make a decision, I think I will this week. I don't think I'm going to play both. I'm going Cook. I agree with you. Right. <laughs> after all that i actually do agree. after all that ribbing and making me feel bad mm-hmm. you agree with me. no i just i think we had to explain why we thought one was better than the other i think so too and i think that uh, you know i don't like when people say oh i like both of them and move on and I, I think that you know you get sometimes you're gonna have to make a decision and i'm gonna make a decision this week i'm not gonna play both so uh, that's that's my call between the two i think i think it sounds nuts but i think you're you might be better off playing neither of them than both oh interesting well let's let's jump down in that uh you know, we kind of jumped out in the seven thousands for the next range. There's definitely a big, big it's gap, a big gap between, yeah. <laughs> big gap between these two. We've got the the names that I think are interesting in the in the seven thousands are Nick Chubb at Denver. Uh, you mentioned Aaron Jones at the Chargers, and then uh, I'm probably going to lean on you on this one. But we've got you've got Le'Veon Bell at Miami. You know, a, a perfect matchup, but uh, he is not uh, not looked good, not touched the ball. He has sixteen or fewer touches the last three weeks. Miami's allowing 181 total yards per game to running backs. I mean, they're just, just getting lit up. I mean, if not now with Le'Veon Bell, then when? <laughs> I, I pretty much wrote that in my article, that like the only okay. <laughs> time where the only better situation for Bell this season is home against Miami as opposed to at Miami. Like the, right. this is That's it. That's the only thing. And if, you're, if you don't play Bell now, you're not going to play him. That doesn't mean like you have to ever play him, but like this is the spot. Um, and the efficiency has been horrific. Uh, it's not his fault. Like when they, there were talks that the the Jets were shopping him around to the trade deadline. Everyone's like, Oh, I can't believe they, and they gave him this huge contract. Now they're trying to get rid of him. And it's like, he, for somebody who got like such a bad negative rap for holding out last year, he like came into New York with, with this, there was this thought that like, you know, he's this prima donna football player. He has been like great for how horrible the situation has been. And he just like keeps going out there and he keeps taking his, getting his carries, getting his 2.3 yards because the line can't block anybody. Um, But the, there's nobody else who's getting these touches. Like there's not a situation where like, Oh, they're going to stop using bell. Like um, he has 108 rushing attempts this season, which are 90 more than the other running backs (laughs) combined. Wow. That's wild. Yeah, that is that's that's amazing. Five running backs in the NFL have been targeted more than Bell. Like it's not like he's not getting involved at all. Like he is it. And so, I mean, you watch the game. Does it look? Is it just the line, or does he not look good to you either when he does get the does get does get the ball? It's one of those things where like he can he can break tackles, but he can't break five of them, and right. that's the problem. Like there's just no. Res- I mean, obviously 
the the multiple games without Darnold hurt significantly because there was no reason for any defense to give Luke Falk any credit. And yeah. so you just have stack boxes for Bell. And Gase is so bad at figuring out ways to get Bell the ball other than just handing it off to him or these short little dump-offs in desperation. And so you need like a really bad defense uh, in front of him in order to get him his opportunities. And that's what we have this week. I was going to say, that's what we have. I, you, you mentioned him breaking five tackles. I don't think Miami has five guys who can tackle, so we're good. Perfect. Like this Again, this is like the situation that you're, you're faced with. And so um, just the, the other guys in the range, I mean, Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones is really frustrating because it feels like anytime he, he can have a good game, uh, Jamal Williams could have one also. Like, and he's banged yep. up. So I just, for cash games at least, it, Jones just seems too risky for me. Um, Carson, I have no interest against uh, against Tampa. Um, I mean, Tampa has held Christian McCaffrey to I think it was sixty eight rushing yards in two games. Um, and yeah, I think, no one no one has over seventy five yards on them all year. Yeah, uh, it, it's very odd because they're I mean they're just so one sided. Uh, and so um, now, if you're in this range, you're looking at like Nick Chubb, who I, is fine, like at Denver, and you know we think this is a game that they should win, then. Um, they're going to rely on him. But um, I don't know. I just continue to think that Bell is slightly better just because of the matchup. Yeah, and it's interesting. I mean, on DraftKings, uh, Bell is uh, 400 more than Chubb. On FanDuel, Chubb is 1,100 more than Bell. Wow. Yeah, well, Bell is, down, uh, man. Like, yeah, Bell's all the way down to 7,000, and, and Chubb's up to 8,100 on FanDuel. I think I... Uh, I think I definitely like Belmore on Fandle, but on DraftKings, uh, Chubb's interesting to me. He has 99, plus, uh, 99 or more yard, total yards in five straight games. Should be a nice game script, as you mentioned. Uh, they did give up 76, 76 yards and a touchdown to, to uh, Marlon Mack last week, but the Denver uh, defense has been pretty good, you know, hidden in the fact that their their offense is really bad. They've only they haven't they've only allowed one running back to go over 100 yards on them. Granted, it was Leonard Fournette who had 225 of them, but... <laughs> Um, other than that game where they just got absolutely sliced by Fournette, they've been pretty good against the run. Uh, I just think Nick Chubb uh, it just has a lot more upside than Bell. But, um, you know, Bell going against Miami, it's a, it's a really tough call with the, with the amount of touches he gets. You know the work is there. Um, I just think Chubb, Chubb is just way more explosive. But they're, they're an interesting one this week. I think I, I lean Chubb a little bit, but uh, they're pretty close. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a good read. The, the floors are probably pretty similar, but Chubb's upside, I mean— I just yeah, and I'd even give Bell maybe a little bit better of a floor too. Okay, just because I you know that you know the pass catches are built in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, he has he has he has nine targets last couple of weeks and only for eighteen yards. It's not it hasn't been there, but um, you got to think against Miami, he's going to find a little bit of a little bit of green to run to. I have to believe that. Like literally, I have to. Yeah, you 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 really have to. <laughs> uh, dropping down in the six thousands. I think there's only a couple names that are interesting. I mean, first we have Josh Jacobs, who you mentioned, who you mentioned is questionable. If he's ready to go, I love Josh Jacobs yeah. this week. Uh, still pretty low priced on drafting the 6,500, 7,200 on FanDuel. Um, Detroit is bottom five in fancy points, allowed to running backs both rushing and receiving, mm-hmm. which seems impossible, but yeah, it, uh, it is the case. Dalvin Cook just absolutely lit them up a couple weeks ago, you know, 25 for 142 and two touchdowns. Saquon last week didn't really kill them, but 143 combined yards and a touchdown uh, definitely did the, did the trick. Um, Josh Jacobs has been playing really well. I mean, he has a, he's had a couple of down games where they were losing, but, you know, in games where they're in the game, he's played pretty well. In the last couple of weeks, even when they're losing, he did 
really well, played really well against uh, against Green Bay in that game that everybody had him for the really low price. Um, I don't see anything wrong with going Jacobs this week against the Lions. I agree. Um, yeah. I think the only I think he makes sense in in like non McCaffrey and Cook lineups because um, I, I think Chubb and Bell are better. Okay. Um, from a raw point perspective and like the salary difference, I mean, it's, it's decent on, on DraftKings from Bell to Jacob was a 1200, but we'll see later on. Like, I'm not sure the 1200 is all that helpful when it really comes down to it as, as weird as that sounds. Yeah. And he's actually more expensive than Bell on FanDuel, which obviously makes it uh, not as much of a play there, but on drafting the 6,500, uh, I'm a big job Jacobs fan this week. The other guy in there I mentioned real quick, uh, we we're talking is Marlon Mack. He's at Pittsburgh. Uh, hasn't really been big since week one, but uh, the last three weeks he has 20, 21, and 32 touches in the last three games. Uh, no one has gone over 80 rushing yards on Pittsburgh as an individual yet this year, but uh, I think this is a game where Indianapolis is going to win. I, I actually like them to win this game. I think, I think Pittsburgh fared by a point uh, at home. Uh, 6,300 on DraftKings up to 6,900 on FanDuel, but I think on DraftKings, Mac is is interesting. I think I like uh, Josh Jacobs more, though. Totally. No, yeah. It's... Um... I have no interest in I'm probably not going to play both, so when I have to go head-to-head on him, I think I'm going Jacobs. Yeah, Mac wasn't wasn't deep enough in my consideration this week. Dropping down a little bit uh, on the salary range of DraftKings, we have uh, Derek Henry at 5,700. Carolina has been struggling against running backs. Uh, Not overly exciting for Henry. does have 75-plus yards last three weeks. How do you feel about Henry this week? I was going to say, you know who hasn't been that exciting is Derrick Henry. Like, Yeah, it, just, um, it never really is. Uh, right. He's having those, those weird 99-yard runs. But otherwise, they just been consistent and solid. And the, the Panthers have allowed seven rush TDs the last three weeks. Yeah. The Niners just – I mean, Tevin Coleman absolutely destroyed them last week and caught a touchdown, too, and had three on the ground. Fournette had a big week the game before that. Uh, this Carolina defense is kind of quietly struggling against running backs. Yeah, I I mean, I, I get it. it. He's, again, like with Jacobs, he's like close enough to Jacobs where I'd probably go there. And I'd definitely play Jamal Williams over him if if um, Aaron Jones doesn't play. Yeah, I mean, we have a few of those, you know, if they doesn't don't play yeah. this week. Uh, that, yeah, it's, a, it's a good segue into into Royce Freeman and Jalen Samuels. Uh, Philip Lindsay is questionable. I think he's leaning towards playing. So, yeah. uh, you know, Freeman kind of is not as interesting. You know, he's getting more goal line work the last few weeks, but still 16 or fewer touches the last four weeks. Uh, for me, I think, uh, I think I have to have Lindsay not play to go to Freeman. Yeah, that's the only thing. I actually was starting to get like a little excited about playing Freeman, and then I saw yeah, Lindsey. Um, I think he practiced fully on Thursday, but it was like, well, that's out the window now. <laughs> yeah, obviously the other guy is Jalen Samuels. Uh, Benny Snell is out. James Conner did not practice on Thursday, but still is questionable. Uh, Samuels played uh, a decent amount in only one game this year. He had 10 carries in week four against Cincinnati. He did have a touchdown that game, but he only had 26 yards. I uh, did have that 19 for 142 game last year when Conner was out. Uh, if Connor does not play, are you going to Jalen Samuels at four thousand on DraftKings, five thousand on FanDuel? No doubt. Yeah, <laughs> seems like seems like you and everybody else will will have Jalen Samuels if he's the starting guy. Yeah. So when you think of it that way, at least in cash games, like I only play running backs in the flex, and so that leaves me with two running back spots because I know Samuels is one. So you're now looking like, do you want to play McCaffrey, Cook, and Samuels, and then have to pay down a lot of places? Do you play? Cook, Samuels, and um, Chubb or Bell. Um, do you play Bell, Chubb, and Samuels? But like all of the iterations are like one name, one name, and Samuels. Yeah, and it's funny we talk about how expensive McCaffrey is, but you put McCaffrey and Samuels to pair them together. That's fourteen thousand. That's you know suddenly two seven thousand dollars running backs, and you're you kind of solve that situation right there. Yeah, yeah, that makes it sound significantly better. Um, it does. The one guy I want to ask you about. Yep. Not that you're a specific expert on him but where you stand on him is Melvin Gordon. 
Uh, just no interest at None. all. None. Really? None. Zero. Okay. Uh, I don't think he looks good. I don't like how their offensive line is blocking. I mean, you look at the last four games. I mean, 12 for 31, awesome. 8 for 18, 16 for 32, and 8 for 31. That's <laughs> about as inefficient as you get. And we've already talked about Le'Veon Bell. So that's uh, – it's even it looks even worse than that. I just – I don't know. I think Eckler is – I think Eckler's so much better in the past game that anytime they get in a situation like that, it's going to be Eckler. And I just don't like how their offensive line is blocking right now. I've read, I feel the same way about Gordon, uh, but I've read like a number of things, people writing like, this is why, or, you know, this is like a, it could be a Gordon week. And I, oh, I mean, feel it could like be, it, but I think he's, I think he, what, yeah, he had probably has to score twice to be really great. Though, yeah. Right? It, all of them just feel like they want to be first. Like when of he course. has, so it, it could have been an article from last week and I just didn't like it just every week. It's the same one. They just changed the matchup. So when they're right, they're right. Um, I mean, he played, he played 25 snaps last yeah. week. It's yeah, it's awful. It's awful. I uh, think Eckler, Eckler's a better player right now. And I, I, I just don't want to go in a situation where I'm, I'm relying on get Gordon to get like two red zone touchdowns. That's fair. That's fair. Um, the, there's two, I, I, I have one more guy for you, but yeah, go yeah. ahead. Um, I was going to bring up the Philly guys. Uh, that's what that, that's what I was going to ask you about. Okay, um, because I who did the um, Bears play recently? That maybe it was Jacobs when they were in London, and I think I didn't play Jacobs because I was like, "Well, the Bears defense is like pretty good." It was uh, it was Latavius Murray, right? Well, I think I played Murray. I think I learned my. No, oh, they, was, you're right. It was maybe. Jacob. Jacobs too. Jacobs yeah. week five and Murray week uh, week seven. They week both seven, both yeah. smoked the Bears. Yeah, you're right. Um, so now it's like, all right. Well, who does Philly have? I mean, like the the. I tended to go to Jordan Howard, even though Sanders has been so much better on the touches he gets. But like the, the touches are just so few. Like I don't know how you put a guy uh, in a cash lineup that gets like hopefully ten touches a game. Where uh, the answer to that is you don't. You don't. Yeah, you just play. Uh, he, he played. Thir- he played thirteen plays last week. Jeez. Granted, he had the long touchdown. Yeah. He had you know three carries for seventy yards and three catches forty four yards. But you are banking on him breaking a long play on one of the very very few opportunities he gets. Yeah. But is it do, do his few touches push you off of Howard? Not really, because I think they're so minimal. He's not really taking that much from Howard. Had twenty four touches last week. Uh, you know he played. Uh, like you said, Latavius Murray and Josh Jacobs both had 100 yard plus yards the week uh, the weeks before against the Bears. They did play uh, Gordon and Eckler pretty well last week. Um, I think Howard's fine. He's 5100 on DraftKings and 6300 on FanDuel. I just think he's a guy that's very touchdown dependent. You're going to have to get some red zone looks from him. I just don't know if I want to even mess with him against the Bears. D. I think the Bears D probably. I think they tightened up a little bit uh, last week, and they probably need to. They know they need to keep games uh keep keep games close. So hopefully focusing on that. I just uh I don't know. I don't. I don't hate Jordan Howard fifty one hundred, but uh, I just think there's other guys I like more. I mean, I certainly would go down to Samuels or probably up to Josh Jacobs. It's kind of a dead zone in there at five thousand on DraftKings. There's no, you know, there's nobody else that really jumps out. But I don't know. A little too touchdown dependent for me. I think. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Um, I I was wrong. There are actually two more I want to talk about. Two situations. Go. One of go which is it. Buffalo. I think you have to talk about anybody who's home against Washington. Um, yep. But. It's kind of a similar situation. We've got split work with the guy, with the guy who is significantly better, getting less of the work. Um, like Singletary is at least more expensive than Gore, but is it enough to, for you to like? Like, I can't imagine anybody is playing Frank Gore and feeling great about it. 
like you can see Singletary's upside for for a GPP, even though the the touches have been so limited. But in this matchup, like, do you think Singletary's worth looking at? I don't because if you think it's based on the matchup and they get ahead, then I think you're getting a lot of Frank Gore in the second oh. half. I think he's Singletary's so game script dependent. If they're losing and they have to, you know, mix it up and throw the ball, I love Singletary. And if they're not, he's just kind of going to not get a lot of work. I mean, yeah. he's had what ten carries last two weeks and and four catches, but. I think uh, it's so game shift dependent, and unless you think Washington keeps this game close or uh, takes a lead, I, I think that the I think Gore gets more work this week, and I don't want to play Gore either. But I think I'm I think I'm a void on these two running matches based on the way the game flow uh, plays out. Okay, that's that's fair. Um, and the last one is uh, Mark Walton. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Um, you know, he he clearly has is the guy now. I mean, he had played 52 snaps last week against uh, against Pittsburgh. Yeah, I think Walton uh, Walton is more interesting to me than the other than than the Buffalo running backs for sure. What is he? He's uh, he's 4500 on DraftKings this week going against the Jets defense. Uh, I'll I'll tell you what, I like Walton more than Jordan Howard. How about that? Okay, let, let me let me uh, rephrase the question. Yo, Let's say yeah. you have a lineup that you like with Samuels. And it turns out that Connor is going to play. Would you just put Walton into Samuels' spot and keep everything else? Uh, yeah, I have no problem with that. I like that he got six targets last week. I like that uh, he had over ten carries. I think that I think the work is going to be there. Um, yeah, I think that I think there's enough volume there for me to play him uh, if, if Samuels doesn't play. And would you see you are you ch- already chose Chubb over Bell? But like, would you play Bell and Walton together? Yeah, I don't have a problem with that. I like some receivers in that game, so I don't. I probably, uh, I probably won't do it. But yeah, I don't have a problem playing both those guys and think that uh, they get a little bit back and forth. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think that uh, I, don't, I don't think that game's going to get so out of hand on either way that, that the running backs will be irrelevant in any way. But do you think it's possible the game is six uh, three? I don't. I think the defenses are too <laughs> horrible for that. Okay. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, I, I, I think the offenses obviously aren't good, but I think that uh, the offenses can do enough that I don't. I don't think six three is in play. I mean, I think seventeen fourteen is in play, but I still think it's gonna be higher than that. Um, but no, I don't. I don't think six three is. A, I don't think six three is a, a problem. Okay. Okay. Fifteen. If Miami. If Miami holds someone at six, we've got a weird situation. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I, I think. I think the the Jets have enough weapons there that that doesn't worry me. Let's hope so. Uh, so let's let's jump to uh, quarterbacks and receivers. But first, a note from our sponsor, World Fantasy Sports. Already knocked out of your survivor pool. Did you end up losing early in the season, feeling your success is mostly based on luck? Wish there was some alternative where you can use your actual fantasy sports knowledge as opposed to relying on whether a team wins or loses. Well, now there is. World Fantasy Pools brings you the first of its ti- first of its game type, stat-based survivor pools. World Fantasy Pools takes the traditional concept of survivor pools that players are familiar with and adds in a more exciting twist. Instead of choosing a team to win a game, you'll use your fancy knowledge to choose an athlete to achieve a designated stat line. You achieve that stat line and you advance. Simple as that. Fail to and you're eliminated. Be the last to survive or make it through all rounds as win or split the prize pool. Just choose one athlete each round to achieve a designated stat line to advance and win. It's, that, it's just that simple. Sign up today Sign up today at worldfantasypools.com and enjoy your experience. So, Andrew, uh, I don't think quarterback is uh, something we need to talk about uh, too much. I think there's uh, there's not a ton of guys that I'm super interested in. Uh, at the top, I think there's kind of an easy three that people are going to go to. I think it's Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, and Matthew Stafford. 7,100, 6,900, and 6,800 on, on, on DraftKings. Uh, how do you feel about these uh, top three? And do you agree with me that these are kind of the, the top three options this week? I think they are. But I think, uh, and I wrote this in my article, that 
the Rodgers and Stafford on DraftKings are so close in price to Wilson that I don't know why you wouldn't just play Wilson. Uh, that's kind of how I felt. Usually I, I write names down and then I kind of go through their stats and look at the stuff. And then I usually put the prices in because I don't want that to impact me. And I, I agree. I think it, it, they're so close. At Fandle, they're a little more separated. Uh, Wilson's 8,600. Stafford's 7,900. But uh, I tend to agree. Uh, you know, this may be a nice volume week for Russell Wilson. The, the, the risk with him is always that they get ahead and they run the ball 700 times in the second half. I think Tampa Bay should be able to score enough that uh, that, that isn't, isn't the case. Uh, you know, he only had 20 passes last week. They were leading the Falcons. But Tampa Bay's allowed nine touchdowns the last three weeks to Ryan Tannehill, Kyle Allen, and Teddy Bridgewater. Hardly murderers row there. Oof. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, the, this is a, a, about as good as you'll get for this for Wilson. Um, you know, yeah. saying and against a team that, that so. has, has really played well against the run, too. we got to yep. add that in there, yep. too. Yeah, and I think even if you go further down, and I don't think Cousins is as good, although the matchup is fine. And I think after that, it's um, it gets a little dicey. Uh, it's they're, hilarious. They're just also close in price. Yeah, that it, it's hard to it's hard to really jump down to Cousins. You save four hundred from Wilson to Cousins. I like Cousins this week too, but um, I don't know. I, I I think I like Dalvin Cook so much it's hard for me to go Cousins. But it's just four hundred from Wilson to Cousins or two hundred from Rogers Cousins just doesn't make sense to me. Right and. I will never pay sixty five hundred for Josh Allen. Um, no, nope. I mean just so, to say every week he's you know pretty good floor, very little upside. I just that doesn't excite me in, in DFS. Right, and then then you're kind of like way down. Like if if you just take Allen out of the equation, um, the jump from Cousins at sixty seven hundred to Winston at sixty one, and then as soon as you see Sam Darnold <laughs> this high, and you're just like, wow, the, there are really no quarterbacks on the slate. And as you keep going, it like gets uglier and uglier. The one that was surprising to me um, was how low Philip Rivers was. Um, 5,100 in a game that, like, if they have to score some points to keep up with Green Bay, that seems cheap to me. It does. I have a, I have a, a big jump, and I have Carr and Rivers to talk about the bottom. I was really surprised by his DraftKings price. Why? I don't get why he's fully 5,100. I mean, last week uh, he only had one touchdown, but had 320 yards and, over, and, and multiple touchdowns in the tweaks before that. In a game that I think could get a little spicy points-wise, uh, I don't love how Phillip Rivers looks, you know, throwing the ball and all that, but he still, get it, still gets it done to a decent amount, especially, the, you know, two of the last three weeks. I think that that is way underpriced. Uh, I looked at Carr, and it jumped out to me like in a game that has a high total, but I think I go Rivers for $400 less. Carr's been really good recently. Um, the last last two weeks, he's been very good. Yeah, so, but, so this Rivers situation, like, it's probably going to be a Packers home game. Like, the Chargers uh, get no, there. You could take probably out of that sentence. Right. Uh, right. Uh, it'll be 85% Packer fans. Right. And, but you know, whatever they're used to not really being a home team despite playing at home. But like if right. you went into a week and you're like, so rivers, you can have rivers for less than Kyle Allen, Ryan Tannehill, Jacoby Brissett, Carson Wentz, Sam Darnold. And you, if I was like, would you take that? You're like, of course, like who yep. cares what the matchup is? Like, there's no way that he should be in this group. A hundred dollars more than Trubisky and uh, Mason Rudolph. Like this is just insulting. Um, so I think Rivers could be like I don't want to call him popular in cash because like um, I think enough people will pay up for for Wilson. Um, and I think Carr. I think the the argument for Carr, like all things being equal. Names crossed out. I think you would go to Carr, but that's—I mean—Rivers is underpriced for what he can do. 
Yeah, I mean, way underpriced. I, I was really surprised by that number. I mean, Carr, you mentioned 5,500 on DraftKings, 7,300 on FanDuel. Uh, nice game script, obviously. We talked about this Raiders-Lions uh, this Raiders -Lions game. Uh, Carr was pretty gross until the last couple weeks. He has gone 293 for two and 285 for three the last two weeks. But, I mean, I, the key here is game script and then the Detroit defense. I mean, they allowed 322 yards and four touchdowns to Daniel Jones last week. Yeah. 337 and four touchdowns to Kirk Cousins two weeks before that. Um, so I think it's it's a game script. It's a matchup dependent thing. But 5,500 for Carr um, just allows you to do a lot of other stuff at positions. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they're at home for the first time since, what was it, week two. Um, it is the first, they did not play at home in the whole month of October. Right. And so I don't know how much that really matters, but I'll convince myself it matters a bunch when I inevitably play Derek Carr in cash. If you uh, if you have ever sat in the black hole, uh, being there really matters because mostly you're just fearing for your life. <laughs> Um, I have uh, I have said that my cousin used to have tickets like two rows behind the goalpost, uh, genuinely afraid to do anything but say go Raiders. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, it, like it actually is a scary environment if you're not rooting for the Raiders. I would not go in there with a opposing team's jersey, no matter how much I love an opposing team. <laughs> and now they're going to Vegas. Um, now they're going to Vegas. I was just there. The, the stadium looks pretty nice. It's almost done. Oh wow. I mean, not almost done, but it looks like I mean the whole yeah, the, the whole there. like yeah. circular thing is is built. It's, it look, it looks like it's. Uh, going to be pretty nice, but uh, it'll be interesting. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So that's kind of the weird thing about it that, um, you know, I mostly play cash games and looking at the quarterbacks, it was like, all right, I, I think Stafford and Rogers are fine. I will, I think Wilson is worth the 300 more. And then I skipped everyone down until Carr, And I think it really comes down to Carr or Wilson, which is not something I ever thought I'd be saying. So if you want to uh, pay up a little bit, but you want to, uh, you know, maybe not go with Russell Wilson, do you have a preference between Aaron Rodgers or Matt Stafford this week? Um, I I went to Stafford just because uh, the Raiders defense is, is pretty bad. Not that like the Chargers are an elite team at this point, but um, I favored Stafford a little bit. Um, but that's what made me feel a little weird about it because I'm like, wow, I like both quarterbacks in this game. And one of the teams is the Raiders. So I was like... <laughs> Yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, that like we said, like that game is very easy to stack, and you can do it with either quarterback. Obviously, Carr lets you pay up a little more, but um, I don't know. It's, it should, there's a recipe for that being a fun game. Yeah, I I agree there, and I think a lot of people will stack Raiders, Lions, and uh, and Bucks, Seahawks. So I think maybe that, like I mentioned earlier, the Packers, Chargers stack. It's a little fun to me because I think it'll be a little less owned than the other ones. Uh, just for fun, the last five quarterbacks the Chargers have faced: Mitchell Trubisky, Ryan Tannehill, Devlin Hodges, Joe Flacco, and Josh Rosen. You think Aaron Rodgers is going to look a little bit different there? Back to them. Wow, that's yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and Rodgers get Devonte Adams back. Yeah, I think he's going to play. Uh, Rodgers has caught fire last recently, 10 touchdowns last three weeks, 280-plus yards in all three of those games. The last good quarterback the Chargers faced was uh, week three, Deshaun Watson. He went for 351 and three touchdowns. The only concern I have with Rodgers is, 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 is can the Chargers score enough to keep them throwing the yeah. ball, and I think they can. Um, I think it makes a really fun stack. I think I'm going to have a couple lineups stack in this game, and I think it'll be a little, uh, a little more under the radar than the top two games on the slate. Mm -hmm. And similarly to this Detroit-Oakland game that you have, like the quarterback, the price and the quarterbacks are so different. That yep. You can build like a decent number of, of differentiating lineups even mm -hmm. while stacking the same game. Exactly. So someone stack, someone could absolutely stack Chargers, Packers, like you said, and they go Rivers and I go Rogers, and it's it just look like a different looking stack. So right. it's uh, both those are fun games. Uh, let's jump down to the pass receivers in the in uh, in for these quarterbacks. 
Uh, starting at the top with with the with the Bucks Seahawks games, I think these are the, the, the kind of three receivers that are super interesting here. We have Tyler Lockett, we have Chris Godwin, and we have Mike Evans. Uh, Lockett's 75, 75 on DraftKings, more than more than Godwin and Evans. Uh, Godwin and Evans are significantly more than than Lockett on Fanduel. They're eighty two and eighty one hundred, where Lockett is seventy five hundred. Uh, how do you feel about the pass catchers in this game? You know, I, I highlight them because we have we're missing a lot of guys. You know, Julio's uh, not in the slate. DeAndre Hopkins is not in the slate. Michael Thomas is not in the slate. Um, so these three guys in this one game kind of are the top three guys, uh, at least when you look at that kind of rankings each week. The blatant disrespect for DK Metcalf is astonishing. Uh, it is. He's way down there. It's weird. DK Metcalf. I meant from touchdowns. you. Oh no, I'll get there. I, just, I was just doing the. I was just doing the expensive guys. Oh okay, because I was like, Trust, like there I'm, are more I'm, than three I'm, guys in this game here. I am definitely getting DK Metcalf. I was just going with the with the top tier of pricing. So. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, um, yeah, they're all great. Don't, uh, I don't want DK Metcalf mad at me in any way. <laughs> that is um, a large human. I made some lineup where that had all four of them. Um, oh wow! So it's doable um, with the uh, with either quarterback. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say with Devlin Hodges as a quarterback. No, no, no. You can do either quarterback. <laughs> it, it's obviously. Um, the, the end result with, with Wilson is a little less cause you get, there's a thousand dollar difference on DraftKings right. between Wilson and, and, um, Winston. But, uh, I think I, I just really struggle. I, I've seen some stuff that this is going to be a Godwin week because Seattle's better, um, defending, um, wide receivers out wide as opposed to Godwin was more in the slot. And so, um, that almost makes me feel like maybe I will stay with Evans because everybody thinks Godwin's going to be so much better this week. It's just super frustrating to like, not see them both perform well in the same game. Like the cumulative yeah. stats are so good and yet the stats together just aren't there. It, I mean, it, it, you would talk about passing trees and all that kind of stuff. This is like the most narrow passing tree I've seen in a long time. Godwin and Evans, both are over 60 targets. No one on the Buccaneers has more than 25 targets. Otherwise <laughs> that's crazy. Um, and, that, and that's Dare. I'm not going to say his last name. He has 24, but uh, it's amazing to me that every single pass goes to one of these two guys. And yet we still don't have like this run of, um, of good games of them doing yeah. it together. I mean, um, Evans is 17 and 12 targets last two week. And the week before that, he had three targets for no catches. Like, it's just crazy how, uh, if it's Jameis though, Jameis gets locked in on a guy and just keeps going back to him. I mean, Godwin has 43 targets less for weeks. He has over 120 yards in four of seven games. But like you said, it's hard to figure out, um, you know, you know, looking at stats and analytically, which one of the two guys should do do better that week? It seems like this kind of what Jameis feels like. Yeah, the, I mean, the argument this week is that Godwin plays in the slot, and that's where you beat right. the, the Seahawks. But yeah, I mean, you just and it's not like the the guy who doesn't uh, get targeted as much gets like no targets. Like uh, last week, Evans out targeted him twelve eight seventeen twelve the week before, but then before that three nine, meaning yep. Godwin out targeted him seven and 14 the week before 15 five like it's it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty big gap between targets and it's it, 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 there seems to be no real rhyme or reason to it yeah i think you you kind of nailed it there with like the it's it's less about matchup and it's more like or winston gets comfortable with the guy early and like he's that's yep. where he's gone and so um again the argument is that it's a godwin week and so maybe that's where you go but like it's just it's astonishing to see the cumulative stats and not be like, yeah, let me just get both guys because of course they both right. will do well. So is it a Tyler Lockett week? It, I know how I know how you feel about his targets and they're they're not high. He hasn't top seven targets the last five weeks. Yeah, I mean, it, I I wouldn't play him in cash. 
Yeah, I think that's probably the best way to say it. I mean, they, he's super efficient with his targets. Yeah. He has over 50 yards in, in all those games the last five weeks with only seven targets. I just think this becomes a factor if Tampa Bay can hang in there or not. You know, if he if they can hang in there, those targets are going to go up because he's going to get second half targets. Where a lot of their games, you know, if they shut it down and hand the ball to Chris Carson all second half, he doesn't. Uh, I think this team becomes a shootout that, that I, I do like Tyler Lockett this week. I think he's. I think you said it right. I think he's cash game probably no, but um, GPP. I'm a big fan of his this week. Yeah, I don't want to give Chris List too much credit, but at the beginning before the season, don't never never do that. He was um, he was one of the people that was like, I don't think that Lockett will get this explosion of of targets that everybody else was expecting because they were like, Oh, Doug Baldwin is gone. And then all these targets are going to lock it. And he's so efficient that'll make, and even, even if any, he had a drop in efficiency, the volume's going to make up for it. And Chris was kind of like, it's very possible that that does not happen, that the targets kind of get spread out. They don't throw as much. And it just felt like a significant portion of the fantasy community was like, no, 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 this is the lock is going to explode. And, um, you know, Chris happened to get this one right. Tyler Lockett is awesome. There is no he's doubt about great. that. I and mean, he's so good. But just the way they use him is not, you know, built for, um, you know, fantasy consistency week after week. But uh, I think I think he's going to have a couple big catches this week. I like that. Uh, I, I like this to be a back and forth game. Uh, I, he's definitely going to be in some lineups for me. But uh, in a cash lineup, I think I, I, definitely, I definitely see your point. Yeah. I, mean, I had a really difficult time picking out cash uh, wide receivers this week. And it, part of it is that I usually don't pay up for wide receivers. I did last week um, with Michael Thomas. But like, like you said, like we usually have Thomas. We have Hopkins. Nice, uh, nice, Julio. nice humble brag. Nice humble brag. <clears throat> yeah. So like you're, if, if you are somebody who pays up for wide receivers um, or even just one, like you usually have one. And all of the guys that you usually consider are not here. Cooper Cup isn't here. Yep. And you look at this, like when the salaries I came out. I can't be Cooper Cup is in that top tier now. That's why. But, oh, yes. yeah. <laughs> but like when you, so I heard this like on Monday morning and everyone's like, oh my, Kenny Galladay is the second most expensive wide receiver. And you're like, that's, I mean, what? Like that can't be right. And you like go in 7,700 is, is in that upper tier. Although usually the Hopkins and, and Thomas and Julio are slightly above 8,000 or at 8,000. And you look down and you're like, the number one wide receiver playing against the Raiders in a game that has a, dec- a pretty high total probably should be around 7,700. But who wants to pay 7,700 for Kenny Galladay? And you're like, it just feels a little overpriced. And then you're look, you keep going and you're like, all right, Godwin and Evans are there. Um, Lockett, like I, you just, for, particularly for me in cash games, like it's tough to do that. Tyreek Hill... Uh, at seventy four hundred, isn't nearly as attractive with with uh, Matt Moore, and then but you keep going down. You're like, oh, there's Allen Robinson. You're like, wait, sixty eight hundred? Like, <laughs> yep. yeah, I, I I'm not gonna pay sixty eight hundred for. And you just keep going down the list, and all of a sudden, you're like sub five thousand, and you're like, wait, I are there really no wide receivers above that that you want to play? And you kind of go back, and you're like, there are guys that make sense in the situation, but they they just all feel kind of overpriced this week, and I think that's why. Um, when you're like, oh, I like this guy at 4,500 or 4,900. And then you look and you're like, maybe I can play Cook and McCaffrey. And I think that's why you end up going there as opposed to like wanting to play Cook and McCaffrey. It's like, do I want to pay this slightly overpriced $5,300 receiver? Or do I just want to go down to 4,500 and now I can play McCaffrey? 
Yeah, and that's a that's a really good point. A really good uh, take on the overall slate. Is like you said, it's a week when you don't have any of the studs, so everybody they have to they have to move somebody up in that range. Right. I mean, Galladay at seventy seven hundred is tough to stomach, but does have eight plus targets in every game. But that weird game two weeks ago where Marvin Jones had twelve touchdowns, or whatever he had. Uh, <laughs> Galladay was six for one twenty three and two touchdowns last week. Kind of the most obvious bounce back ever after the big Marvin Jones week. Mm-hmm. Uh, last week against Oakland, DeAndre Hopkins had hundred yards. Marquez Valdez Scantling had one thirty three. Allen Robinson had two touchdowns week before that. So Oakland's obviously giving it up. Uh, I don't have a problem with Galladay. I mean, seventy seven hundred does feel expensive, but it's just because there's nobody else there. But you know, if I play Stafford, it's going to be with Galladay. I, I like him more than Marvin Jones, at least. Oh, yeah, for sure. But and I think you kind of said it right there. You're like, I don't want to pay that for Galladay, but like on this slate, maybe you, you just do. And yeah. um, what about uh, what about either Vikings receiver? We talked about how we talked about how we like Dalvin Cook. We talked about Cousins a little bit. Um, Diggs is 7,600. Adam Thielen, you mentioned, is the, is the most expensive the one. Most, you mentioned yeah. Galladay second. Thielen, 7,800. Uh, Price differently on FanDuel. Uh, Diggs is 7,900 on FanDuel, but se- Thielen's 7,100 on FanDuel. Hmm. Uh, do you like either Viking this week? Do you like one more than the other? It, it's it's kind of hard to figure when they're, when, when they're both playing which way yeah. to go because Diggs has been awesome lately. Diggs has been awesome, and I feel like I I always end up playing Thielen just because the, the targets are, are more reliable when they're both playing. Right. But they're, it's the same spot. Like, what am I, do I really want to pay up? Uh, and now I'm like having to pay down possibly a quarterback or running back in order to get in Adam Thielen. Um, this is not paying up to get in Michael Thomas or DeAndre Hopkins. And so I, Patrick, Patrick Mahomes has to play for me to consider either guy. I think that's the right, the right move. Yeah. And I think that applies to Hill also. Like I, there's no way yeah, I, play I, Hill I agree too. I think, I just think that if, if, if you're going to get a back and forth game in this game and you like, uh, you like that to happen with Mahomes. Um, I could see playing Dick to Thielen. I think I go, uh, oh, that's a tough, tough one, which to go. I would definitely go Thielen on FanDuel and just save the 800 yeah, bucks and kind of, ma- yeah. kind of make it easy there. I mean, his last two full games, 13 catches, 187 yards, three touchdowns. Then he got hurt. He caught the touchdown. Then he got hurt his hamstring a couple weeks ago. Um, sounds like he's going to play. Diggs has been over 140 yards the last three weeks. I mean, he's just been on fire. Uh, I think I probably, I probably lean Thielen this week myself too. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think that's the way I will lean and lean myself off of both of them. So down a little ways, how do you feel? We talked about this Packers uh, charge game a little bit. How do you feel about Keenan Allen? All, price all the way down to 6,400 on DraftKings. The targets are back up the last two weeks. He has 21 targets the last two weeks, but he's not done much with them. I mean, he has 11 catches for 104 yards total in those, or 114. I think it, it was one of the two. Uh, I like the game script here. The yardage has been really bad with Keenan Allen, though. I don't know if it's Rivers uh, throwing the ball downfield has been problematic. I don't know if they're, the offensive line and Rivers getting the ball really quickly is a, has kind of killed Allen moving downfield at all. But it, it's been pretty gross for about five weeks for Keenan Allen. I, I think Allen in a vacuum is fine, but I like Mike Williams, who's like, 1800 less on DraftKings. Yep. Um, much more for the price. And so I'd rather just play Williams. The old, uh, the old Mike Williams touchdown regression play, huh? <laughs> has to happen, right? I mean, regardless. Has, has not has not scored this year. And he's like a big red zone kind of guy. Too. Yeah. He has, uh, I believe I read today, five targets inside the five yard line this season. Oh, jeez. Um, <laughs> I mean, he's essentially a wide receiving Leonard Fournette in terms of touchdowns. Bait. Fade pattern, fade pattern, fade pattern, fade pattern. Uh, field goal, right. Um, but, I mean, his yardage is basically the same as Allen's, despite, like, half the targets, which obviously, like, targets are more valuable in, in the long run here. But um, I don't know. I just I, I don't see a reason to pay 6400 for Allen when I can pay forty six for Williams on DraftKings. Um, and, like, is Juju that bad for 100 less? 
Am I like? Uh, I mean, that was last week was the first week where he really he first got first time he got nine targets in a game all year. I mean, yeah. the big problem with Juju is not you know how he's played, but really just volume. Yep. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I I I like I like him. I love Juju. I just don't know if I trust Mason Rudolph. But sixty three hundred on drafting seems really cheap for Juju Smith. I never think we never thought we'd get there quite this year. But uh, the Colts are twenty eighth in the NFL in in fancy points allowed to wide receiver one. So yeah, I think it's a an interesting spot in the name. Maybe people just kind of scroll by these days. Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna play him, but um, it seems like something that like we should be paying attention to at least, just because. Like you said, he's a lot cheaper. Uh, he's, I mean, being fifteen hundred less than Kenny Galladay or fourteen hundred is seems like a big yeah. jump. But he's definitely on my list in a game script that I think they're going to be trailing in the game. So I, I do, I do like the situation. Uh, I just, you know, I do you trust Mason Rudolph to throw no. the ball? But uh, there is that. But uh, yeah, I think Juju's uh, playable at sixty three hundred. We mentioned Allen Robinson sixty eight hundred seven plus targets in all seven games. Uh, they have uh, Phillies giving up some big games to wide receivers. Uh, Amari Cooper had a big game two weeks ago, and Stephon Diggs had 167 and three against them the week before that. Wide receiver ones overall have owned the Eagles pretty well. I just I hate going to Mitchell Trubisky, but Robinson has been his guy pretty much all year. That's Trubisky is the only reason I'm hesitating on that. Uh, Robinson's also priced high enough where you're probably not playing Cook or McCaffrey if you have him. Um, it just I feel like everything just kind of cascades down. Um, right. Like if you don't want to play Robinson and you're like, all right, well, what about Allen? And you're like, well, if I, I don't really want to play Allen. So you keep scrolling down and you have like Cortland Sutton, who is really the only guy left. But again, we have another Allen throwing uh, passes to him. Uh, and none of the Allens are ones that you want to be part of. So you're like, all right, I don't really want to play him. Metcalf is there, but the volume for cash really isn't there. And then nope. you go down, you get these the Jets guys. Which, I mean, they're fine. Like Crowder is the cash game guy, even though, like the the targets aren't that that prolific recently. Robbie Anderson's the the upside guy, and if you don't want to rely on the Jets, then you're like you're still going down. Sammy Watkins, who you would never play with Matt Moore, even at forty nine hundred, but and now you're sub five thousand, and you so you've already you've gone from Allen Robinson at sixty eight hundred. And you've convinced yourself, like, maybe I should just play these guys like Danny Amendola and Mike Williams and the the Miami receivers, Devontae Parker, Preston Williams. And you're like, not that Devontae Parker at 4,400 is as good as, as Allen Robinson, but there's like, what is the realistic difference between their, their projections? Is it five points? And if it's five points... Uh- is maybe not even is it not right yeah exactly and so if it's if you're only getting a five point difference and now you're like all right well i'm doing that i'm paying up for robinson so that instead of playing dalvin cook i'm playing Le'Veon bell or nick chubb uh is that worth it i don't know if it is yeah i mean it's a, it's a really good point and a good way to look at an overall slate you know that stuff matters uh, you mentioned robbie anderson i do like him at 5500 on DraftKings. Great matchup, obviously. He's getting a lot of targets with Darnold back. He has 22 targets the last three weeks. And Miami, Miami was lit up by, Ju- by Juju and Deontay Johnson last week and John Brown the week before that. Uh, Terry McLaurin was four for 102 touchdowns three weeks ago. Uh, I think the opportunity there for Robin- for Anderson is really big this week. Uh, a couple of big plays. I think it's uh, he's got a lot of upside this week. The floor is never great with Robbie Anderson. I fully get that. But uh, in terms of upside, under 6,000 on DraftKings, I think Anderson's probably my top upside receiver this week. Like for price or overall? 
for price. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going upside with him over Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, those guys. But okay. I think at 5,500, and I think the number is enough where not everybody's going to gravitate towards him. If he was 4,500, I think he'd be really popular. Uh, I like Preston Williams in that game a lot too. He's 4,200 on DraftKings. Uh, the Jets are obviously much better against the run. Uh, Brett Williams has 15 targets last two weeks with Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's very involved. 10 catches for 124 yards. You know, not huge, but enough where you're like at 4,200. That's good volume. There's upside there. He's really talented. The Jets gave up 182 yards and two touchdowns last week to, to Chris Conley and DJ Chark. So it's not like they're stopping anybody. Um, I think Williams is my favorite cheap receiver. And then Anderson, you know, if you look kind of, if you want to call that the mid range, my favorite guy in that range. I, I think this game. Like I said before, I don't think six threes in play. I think it's going to be interesting. There's actually a guy under 5,000 I like a lot that you haven't even mentioned yet when you did your under 5,000 guys. Uh, and that's DJ Moore with Carolina. Mm. Uh, he's 4,800 on DraftKings. He's a really popular guy in the early in the, in the preseason, the early season. Has not done a lot, so he's kind of dropped down. Cam Newton, obviously, is not playing, and apparently not close to playing from a report earlier this yeah, morning. Really? <laughs> that he's not he's not even, like, really – nothing's going well in his rehab. I don't know if we're going to see Cam Newton anytime soon. Doesn't sound like but it. DJ Moore has uh, 27 targets the last three weeks playing with Kyle Allen. Uh, Mike Evans, who we talked about, obviously destroyed uh, destroyed them uh, the Titans last week. Uh, that was the first guy over 100 yards on them. I get that, but the, he did uh, he did show something there. Uh, DJ Moore only has one touchdown on the year. I just kind of feel like a, like a big game is coming for him. I feel like that some touchdown regression is coming. I just think DJ Moore is good, and if I can get someone that's good, who I genuinely think is good, under 5,000 on DraftKings, uh, is becomes very interesting to me very quickly. He's 5,400 on FanDuel. I like him there, too. Uh, I think everybody's going to scroll by DJ Moore this week, and I don't think people, a lot of people are going to play him. I like him a lot this week. The the targets aren't that much higher than Curtis Samuel, though. They are. Uh, mm. I, I think, and I think Samuel's fine if you're a Samuel guy. I just think DJ Moore is. Uh, I like DJ Moore more as a player. Okay. Um, I just think he's really good. And whenever I get in a situation where I think someone's really good and they've kind of dropped down, dropped down, dropped down, I really like to jump on them under five thousand for a player that I I think is a really good player. Is just something I tend to do. Okay, that's fair. So you like him more than like Amendola? I know nobody I ever like gets it. like really excited about Amendola, but but uh, 105 and 95 yards the last yeah. two weeks, 11 and eight targets the last two weeks. Uh, I like DJ Moore uh, more this week. Uh, sorry, more more. Uh, but uh, I, I wouldn't begrudge him from going back to Amendola. He's just been a little up and down. The last two weeks have been good. And then you know week one was great, and then nothing for a while. Yeah. Uh, I would go DJ Moore just based on I think he's a way better player with a lot more upside. Okay, that's fair. I see it. Uh, and then Mike Williams, you mentioned, was my other guy in this range. You kind of already hit on him. Hasn't scored the touchdown all year. Does have 12 targets last couple weeks, seven catches for 116 yards. I just like this as a game script game. I think this game is going to get back and forth. I think the Chargers are going to have to score to stick with Green Bay. And I, I think Mike Williams is going to have to. You mentioned the red zone targets. It's going to have to break through at some point here. <laughs> I hate, like, having to be that guy. but Of course. I've been that guy with Leonard Fournette all season, so. May as well yeah, jump you on give Mike me uh, you give me DJ Moore and then like uh, two of DJ Moore, Mike Williams, and Preston Williams. Then with a little Robbie Anderson in there, and then pay up for one guy is probably where I'm going to end up in my when my my wide receivers this week. But and and that's kind of the cash like a cash build right there with like if you do more Williams and or you do both Williamses or Parker instead if you go that way. But like right if you so when you have those guys. Um, and now you're like, oh, I can play Cook and Bell or uh, Chubb and McCaffrey. Um, like, wouldn't you rather that than instead of playing now you're instead of those two, now you're playing like Chubb and Bell and Keenan Allen or Allen Robinson? Like, I just don't see the I feel like you're losing out on floor so much um, by completely skipping Cook or McCaffrey. Um 
to get just Bell and Chubb, who are fine, but they're yeah. not cooking. If, you, if you're mm-hmm. asking if I like Cook and DJ more more than uh, Bell and Keenan Allen, absolutely. Right there, you go. Yeah, that's. Uh, I think when you go two v two in that situation, I like I like both Williams and DJ more enough that, and I like the running backs so much at the top that I, if I pair those guys together, it's a it's a pretty easy two for two for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's jump down to tight ends and defense real quick. I've actually got to jump here, but uh, first a note from our sponsor, Stash. Your fantasy wings are going to need a game plan. Put them to work on Stash, and you'll get an extra $5 to start investing. Over 3 million Americans invest, bank, and save with Stash, all in one easy-to-use app. On Stash, you can buy pieces of stocks and funds for just $5 at a time. And unlike some other micro-investing apps, you get to build your own portfolio. Your Stash also includes access to a smarter, simpler bank account that actually works with your investment account and can help you save and spend smarter. Want to build for a better financial future? Stash also offers retirement accounts and investing accounts for kids. Stash can even help teach you how to save and invest confidently with simple guides, articles, challenges, and personalized guidance. Stash is the financial home for all your money leads, and they'll even give you $5 to invest if you join today. Stash, one app, an unlimited opportunity. Investment advisory services offered by Stash Investments LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Debit account services provided by Green Dot Bank, member FDIC. Uh, Andrew, how do you feel about uh, tied ends this week? It looks like uh, we've got you know Darren Waller and Travis Kelsey on the top, and maybe some Hunter Henry. Uh, Zach Ertz priced way down at forty seven hundred. Then maybe Jonu Smith on the cheap side. Uh, how do you feel about uh, this group this week? I think Waller is the clear top guy. Um, Ertz is going to be popular because he's cheap. Although, if you can get uh, Dallas Goddard for thirty one hundred, the guy who's actually scoring the touchdowns, I think that's. Yep. A reasonable thought, although I think Ertz is better. Um, and I don't think anybody should play Ryan Griffin. <laughs> I don't think anybody should play Ryan Griffin either. Ertz is the one that really jumped out to me. 4,700 yeah. DraftKings again, a situation where you're like, you know, the good player, twice low. But I looked more, and they're clearly using Zach Goddard more in the red zone. Ertz has one red zone target all year. He only has nine targets the last two weeks, four catches, 58 yards. Hasn't topped 75 yards all year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're making a mistake not uh, not using Zach Ertz in a, in a in a better way, but it just uh, it, you know it's eight weeks is enough where we can see that they're not really using him the way they were last year. Yeah, I think. I mean, he has earned his forty seven hundred dollar price when he was sixty seven. Exactly, that's a good way to say it. it was earlier. Yeah. Um, I think Jonu Smith is a trap. I thought that oh. last week. Um, wow. There, uh, it was in um, Jerry Donabedian's hidden stat line. Uh, article this week, although I've seen it elsewhere, that uh, Anthony Ferkser is actually running more routes than Smith. And it's one of those situations where like Smith happens to be getting targeted on the times that he does run routes. But like he's he he of the Titans wide or tight ends, he is running fewer routes than the other guy. And so at thirty eight hundred, um, like, I guess he makes sense. Uh, it's astonishing to me that TJ Hawkinson is not what he was in week one, like (laughs) not that like week, I mean, week one was obviously very fluky, but like, I I'm astonished at how fluky it is like 131 yards, uh, in week one. And he hasn't hit 33 since then. Um, and so like, this seems like the situation you'd want to play him, but I just don't know how you do it. Um, but I don't know. I, I think Waller is really jumping out and like, it seems silly to, pay up for a tight end, but Waller is basically a wide receiver. And if you're playing Carr, uh, obviously that uh, correlation is there. And I think Waller is actually better than Keenan Allen or Juju. Like the the wide receivers in the similar price range, I think Waller makes more sense. 
Do you like uh, if if Mahomes plays? Do you still like Waller more than Travis Kelsey for six hundred dollars less? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Kelsey does have fifty plus yards in seven to eight weeks. Only two touchdowns. It feels like another guy that maybe some of the touchdowns are coming. Uh, that's a tough one for me. I mean, Waller has 16 targets last two weeks, obviously heavily involved in that Raiders offense. He only had two catches last week. Uh, but this is a, this is a really good game script against the lions. We like, we like this as a back and forth game. Uh, I can see well there. I think, I think on, on FanDuel, Kelsey's cheaper. I, he's a hundred dollars cheaper. I think I would lean towards Kelsey there. Um, and definitely Kelsey over Ertz on FanDuel. Cause he's only, you know, Ertz is 6,000 still on FanDuel. He hasn't really <laughs> dropped that much. Um, on a side note, Anthony Furkser is a name that I'm scared to say on podcast. A lot. <laughs> I had to like, I actually pulled it up on the screen to like, make sure that I just like <laughs> read it and pronounced it so that I didn't, I didn't mess it up. Yeah. I think I probably will. Uh, I probably will dabble in Ertz a little bit on DraftKings of 4700. just you know, I think there's, there's too much upside kind of built in there. It hasn't happened yet, but I think I'll play him a little bit, but, um, I think I'm with you. I think I'm, I'm probably Waller and Kelsey on a bunch of teams and kind of pay up there and pay, pay down at receiver. Uh, or, you know, especially if Jalen Samuels plays, I think I can afford the, the the more expensive tight end this week. Yeah, I mean, nobody's going to be shocked if Zach Ertz has a good game. Like, we, we've we seen him have good games. So it's just exactly. like the, he's just coming back. It's not like this week one TJ Hawkinson out of nowhere. Like, we know Ertz's value. And if he has a good game, then there it is. And I agree on Jonu Smith. I'd go, I'd play Eric Ebron for $200 cheaper before I played Jonu. Fair enough. I like it. Yeah. So lastly, on defenses, uh, there are some interesting ones this week. There's uh, there's two defenses I like that are three thousand and cheaper on yes. Fanduel. I'm gonna let you go first. Are there any uh, any defenses? Oh, sorry, in DraftKings, but three thousand less. Is there any uh, defenses you really love this week for the price? Um, the Steelers oh. are number one okay. for me. Wow. Uh, and the Broncos are right behind them. Twenty four hundred uh, and twenty nine. We were we were definitely different on those. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah uh, so um, the Steelers. Uh, have 11 fantasy points in five straight games and just one touchdown. So 17 turnovers and 19 sacks in this run. Um, And they're at home. Like, I'm not sure why only they're the sixth cheapest defense on a slate. That doesn't make any sense to me. I just think Jacoby Brissett and the way they run that offense does not lead them to uh, a lot of, uh, you know, dramatic and bad mistakes the way they don't take a lot of risks. That's fair. That's fair. Um, the sacks, but I think, but I think the price is certainly right. Right. I mean, if they were thirty four hundred, I wouldn't even think about it. So, right. uh, the price is always doing it for me. And the Broncos at twenty nine hundred, like I've just seen Baker Mayfield enough, where I'm like, I'm okay with taking defenses against him under three thousand. Yeah, my only concern there would be if the Browns get up, they just run the ball a lot in the second half, and it kind of takes away from mistakes. But you're right, May, B- Baker makes has been made made a lot of bad decisions. Yeah, I mean, he's it's. I mean, it's, he's not nearly as bad as Jameis Winston, but like. They, right. You go in, who's James playing this week? And that's fine. And I think the Seahawks this week are perfectly good at 3,600. So my, uh, my two that I like in the, in the cheap range is, uh, are the Eagles at 3,000 mm-hmm. on DraftKings. Uh, they have seven sacks the last two weeks. The Bears have allowed 10 sacks last week, and they, they, they've, uh, they've turned the ball over too. I just think that anytime I can go against Mitchell Trubisky right now. I was right just about to say, you're doing the same thing, but with Trubisky. I am. Yeah. Yeah, same thing with Trubisky. I just think that I'm uh, if I can get for three thousand to go against Trubisky, uh, I just like the chances of him making a bad mistake. I also like Carolina this week, kind of bouncing back after that uh, Niners debacle last week against Tennessee. Twenty eight hundred on DraftKings. The Panthers have ten sacks last two weeks, kind of hidden in their their fifty one points they give up. They do have ten sacks. Uh, Ryan Tannehill has been pretty good for Tennessee, but I think he's going to make some mistakes too. They've allowed seventeen sacks the last four weeks. Whew. 
I just think when you get, you're going to get some pressure in this game for sure. When you get that, you get fumbles, you get interceptions. Uh, I think Carolina at 2,800 is really well priced. Um, I like Seattle too, but the 3,600 on DraftKings, I have trouble paying up for that. Uh, you know, just the Jameis Winston thing. I think in Seattle, in that crowd noise, in that stadium, he's probably going to make some really ill-advised passes. Mm-hmm. They've allowed 16 sacks the last three weeks. Uh, Tampa Bay has. So uh, if you want to pay up a little bit, I like Seattle, but uh, Carolina's probably my favorite one. They're, four, they're only 4,000 on FanDuel too, so they're, they're cheaper on FanDuel too. Uh, I think I'm Philly and Carolina this week, and I'm probably going to look at your Steelers one a little bit uh, deeper too when we get off. Love it. Love it. Cool. Uh, no, uh, no love for the Jets defense. No. Yeah, thirty five hundred. They priced them up against Miami. I was hoping they're gonna be really cheap, and I would, uh, I'd think about it based on the fact that Miami just turns the ball over so much. But uh, I'm more likely to play Miami at twenty seven hundred. Yeah, I just, I, I thought thirty five hundred was, uh, was an overpriced there, so I was probably gonna be in void there. Yeah, agree. Cool. Anybody else that uh, you want to discuss? I feel like we're for a ten game slate. We kind of hit it all pretty good. Yeah, and I'm, I'm good. Beautiful. Well, thanks everyone for listening for the to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. We always greatly appreciate that. If you want to follow Andrew on Twitter, he's at Rotowire Andrew. I am at Scott Jensen. We thank Yahoo Fantasy Sports for their sponsorship uh, every, each and every week. It's been fantastic. Other than that, hope everyone has a fantastic week nine. We'll be at you next week. Take care. <laughs>